Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Mariana. And Elizabeth. Hello. Hi. It feels Hello. a little lonely. We don't have a special guest today. I know. How sad is our life? <laughs> There's no one here except us. No, that'll be kind of fun, too, I think. <laughs> it's always fun. It is indeed. So, so what have you been up to? Um, let's see. Running? Running. That's good. I have not been running in like a month, but I have been playing tennis, which that's I'm good. really, really bad at. Which is like, actually sometimes that's a good uh, practice to do something yeah. that you're really bad at. Oh, it's so I'm sure it's so good for my character, but it's like so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you do have to consider this, especially as you're writing characters. You can't make them super good at everything. Well, that's true. That's true. They do have to have flaws and not just cliches. <laughs> Name that. Describe that a little more since you've seen so many manuscripts. Um, well, I guess like, the, uh, what do I want to, how do I want to describe that? Um, they can't just be like afraid of commitment for no reason you know like there has to be like a past to it um and they can't be like this perfect guy who like the only thing wrong with him is that he like dresses weird you know that's way too shallow of a flaw there has to be some there's always something wrong with everybody um and your characters have to be that way too because otherwise we just don't believe they're real and we know they're fiction but you want to, You still want to believe they could be real. Which is interesting because you get to this point when you're interacting with real life people where you discover the person's flaw or struggle and it changes uh-huh. the nature of your relationship. It's true. And like actually, <laughs> actually I've been going through that with a person um, who like, you know, she, she thinks that I'm this awesome superhuman do all these cool things. And then recently she discovered that I also am not as awesome as all that. And so it just kind of, it was kind of a rough transition when you, when you don't allow people space for people to have flaws. (laughs) Um, when, as you get to know them, then you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and them up for disappointment too, I guess. So but in that interaction, did you blame yourself? Like, did Well, you I did, the- but that's because I have, like, weird self-esteem issues. <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, I shouldn't. I should just be like, you know what? This is who I am. I can't do anything about that. This is who I am. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, so I recently that's it. discovered this because we've been doing a pop-up church at the Transitions Homeless Shelter um, through our new ministry church. We're not really sure. I guess it's a church (laughs) called Ministries Lab. And so we were there and one of the people who had come a couple of times, he was asking me, or he said something to the effect of, "Um, I bet your parents were really proud of you. And I was like, I think, yeah, I think they are now. But at first it was very... Uh, different for them to have a daughter who said she wanted to be a preacher Mm -hmm. and going through that. And I mean, he just was fascinated with this. 
<laughs> with this. And I, I told um, another lady who helps coordinate our space and our time who's on staff there and I was telling her you know what we were talking about and she looked at me and I could tell that it was this kind of experience just like you're talking about and she said you never know what somebody struggles with or what somebody has to walk with and I was like that's true it is true but I also but part of me wants to push back on that too and say well why is that because are our interactions so normally fake and superficial and shallow that we just get used to not sharing like who we really are because that kind of sucks well I think there's like protective barriers that people put up too because you don't there's parts of yourself that you don't want to reveal um but also it's an expectation that you don't reveal that you know right right so yeah so when you're writing your characters you have to be aware of both sides of that on the one hand that like they need to be on the page flaws and all for the reader to read and then from the other side of it recognizing that every reader is going to bring their own baggage to the story and so you have to be really clear about stuff if you don't want them to interpret things a certain way you know so like um, because because otherwise you leave it open to interpretation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, but when you put words out there and a story out there, it's going to be open to interpretation. Just like when you put yourself out there, people are going to interpret who you are based on their own experiences. Because yes. the thing we do as readers and as people is we make connections. And so when I'm reading a story, I make a connection to either a character in the story who I know in real life. And so I'm going to add those back and forth interchangeably although the author might have might not even know the person that I'm modeling in my head, this character that he or she has created after. And in the same way, you, when you put yourself out there, you're just like you were saying, you put yourself out there to be interpreted by someone. And sometimes people misinterpret us. And then they, you know, get a backstory or get a piece of information that kind of shatters that illusion. Right. Which isn't a bad thing, I think, as a person, and it's not a bad thing for that to happen in a story either. No, yeah. I agree. It's just sometimes painful. Oh, it's almost always painful, I think. And if you can, like, produce that effect like engineer that effect on the page as well, like that's not necessarily a bad thing either where you've set a character up one way and then suddenly something yes. comes out that's, that changes everything. Yeah. 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 That's what, um, <laughs> actually I, I've been rewatching lost recently. Um, because I wanted to just like see the, the character development over the series. And it's funny because my, um, one of my clients, Stuart from Book Architecture, he was like, ah, Lost is so terrible. And he was like railing against it for all the reasons that there are to rail against that show because, oh my gosh, it was kind of a train wreck about a plane wreck. But um, <laughs> it, like, that's what they do. Basically, the whole show is um, they keep revealing bits of backstory for characters that you've met right. and you you're already rooting for and then all of a sudden you're conflicted and you don't know whether you should root for them anymore um based on what you learn about them um and they're not who you perceive them to be in the first place and they built the show around that basically (laughs) of like 
keeping you guessing as to who the, who these characters really are. Um, so it yeah. can be an important uh, device, literary device. Just don't overdo it like Lost did because, oh, my gosh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, and I think you have to be careful not to write superheroes because mm. superheroes are fantasy. <laughs> well, even superheroes you can write, right? I mean, like, there's gen- that genre is there. It exists. Um, but um, but they all have their one flaw. I mean, Superman has kryptonite, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like, the thing is to... Or, like, what's the other example they always use? Like, like in Blake Snyder, I think he talks about um, Clint Eastwood's character in um, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And how, like, there's this one moment where he turns and he, like, he either, like, pets the dog or he, like, sends the dog away. I don't remember. It's been, like, if I saw that movie, which I'm sure I did because my dad was a Clint Eastwood fan, I'm not, I don't remember it very well. But, like, there's a moment with the dog and he, like, tells the dog to go away because he doesn't want it to get shot in the the big face-off that's coming or whatever. And that is that moment of, like, of, like, where his ugly character that you don't like shows a vulnerability and, like, a, a bit of compassion that makes you want to like him just a little bit, you know, where you're like, okay, so he can't be all bad if he won't let the dog get killed. Right. So, if like, you just, enough, to, yeah. yeah, yeah, just to give him that one little chink in the armor, whether it's on the good side or the bad side. Yes, and we've talked about that with one of your characters in your book, how you had to put some kind of redeeming uh, factor or character trait into one of your characters. Right, yeah. Well, I and honestly, for me, it was that I had to get inside his head um, so that I could see why he was doing the things that he was doing. And and it's um, now that I've started writing those scenes, it's adding an interesting layer to the story that I didn't really expect um, kind of changed a couple things for me. Um, so, so that it's good. Um, but like, yeah, we'll see how it plays out too. <laughs> well, that's exciting. So you're getting some good work done for camp nano. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and this is actually related to the one other topic that I wanted to talk about. I think last week we were talking about uh, finding the corners um, and how there are parts of the process that are just kind of overwhelmingly ridiculous. And for me, one of those parts of the, the drafting, editing, revising process um, is like getting all of the pieces together and knowing where they go. <laughs> Yeah. And it makes me crazy. And even with my novel, like my own work, it was making me crazy. But I've been working on this ghostwriting project for a few months now. And like I was even yesterday at this point where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to end. And I'm going crazy. And I just want to like blow up my computer and run away from it all and just like do something else for a living <laughs> because I was so frustrated with like the the compiling and organizing and trying to figure out the pattern that is going on in this guy's story that I'm helping him write and and today today I finished transcribing the last bits 
of recordings that he's given me up to this point to transcribe. And I put everything into Scrivener and I kind of organize stuff and there's some stuff that's repeated a little bit. And so I'm going to have to like do some revising to make things concise or whatever, but I have 85,000 words. Whoa. That is a complete manuscript. And I just have to like put it together now. Like, I mean, I just have to go through and do the, the thing that I'm good at, the thing that, or the thing that I enjoy more um which is the the polishing the edges and the making it all sound right and the the making sure that the flow is in the right place and you can't even see me right now but I'm like waving my hands because I'm like so ecstatic about this (laughs) being done with this process because like I just hate I think I just I hate that part of the process that where it's very ambiguous and I'm not exactly sure if everything is in the right place or whatever Um, I don't, it's painful. (laughs) I don't like it. And now I'm like, wait, I just tipped over the edge. Like I was like at that point where I was like, please, I can't take this anymore. It's so frustrating. It's so hard. I don't like it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, look, I'm done. Okay. Move on to the next part. Phew. (laughs) So it's almost like when you're in one of those races and you're climbing on one of the hills Yes. And oh my you, gosh, it is so like that. And you, I always am like, okay, I'm going to pick that tree. I'm going to pick that stop sign because you can kind of see where the hill crests. And once you know that you've gotten there, then you can, what I call it is, you can feel the incline let go. Right. And so you know that you're going to get some relief, even though you might not be able to breathe. <laughs> Except like there's that whole thing of false summits too, right? Where you're like, okay, sure. I'm going to pick that tree. And then you get there and you're like, no, I have like... A hundred more yards to go or yeah. like 500 more yards to go. And I wasn't prepared for that, but I'm going to keep going because I have to do this. But again, this is a good illustration for what it means to write a book. Like <laughs> yeah. summits is totally part of it. Like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, I got this. I've, I've, uh, I think I logged 2000 words in Camp Nano the other day and I was like, oh, all right. I am seeing the end. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like. Just a little over halfway, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. 25,000 words to write. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, like, I remind myself every time that I've done this before and that it will be okay. I can do it again. I've done it before. I can do it again. I've done it before. I can do it again. So... When I get whiny, then I'm like, all right, let's set a little limit. And again, it's like looking for the tree, right? I'm like, okay, so we're going to go this far and then we'll take a walk break. Or in my case, we'll just like go lie face down on the couch and whimper. (laughs) Yeah, scream into the pillow, whatever. Yeah, whatever I've got to do. But but yeah, so it's possible. It's possible to get through it. So that's why we say, I mean, I think maybe perhaps the theme for our over a hundred episodes is it's an endurance challenge. That's what writing a book is. It's about perseverance. Definitely the marathon. It's not. The first 100 episodes were more like, you can do it. This is such an inspiring thing. And creativity is awesome. And now it's like, you got to plow through. (laughs) Come on. Yep. Yep. Well, you can do it. And we, you know, I recommend that you try it because especially for the people that um, are out there saying, oh, you know, if I had time, I'd write a book or 
someday I'd like to write a book. You should try it. See if you actually want to do it. See if it's as easy as you think it is, oh, because it's so probably not. Great to write a book, really. You yeah. haven't. That's obvious that you haven't sat down and tried to put words to it. <laughs> because I think most people who do it, we do it because we feel compelled because we have to. Yes, this is not a choice thing. No. 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 So no. When do you consider yourself a published author? When do I? Like, do you consider yourself a published author right now? Well, I, I suppose so, because I have a story published in a book that I have three copies of sitting on my table, and you can buy it on Amazon, so. Right, but you said, I suppose so. You didn't say yes. Well, so, because, like, for me, I mean, so, like, if I were to go on Amazon right now, I can't, I can't register myself as an Amazon author, because, like, I don't actually own that book. I just contributed to it. So for for technical purposes, I guess, it'll be when this manuscript becomes, becomes something that you can buy on Amazon. Right, um, but whoever listed that compilation can put all of the authors as contributors, and then you can. Yeah, except, oh, well, maybe. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Well, the per- whoever listed the book has, like, to, I has to put that in there. I can't um, set up an author profile or anything. Right, but. because you have to have a listing as an author, and that listing comes from whoever oh. put the book or ebook up there. Well, maybe I'll pester her about that at some point. Yeah. But, yes. And then you can, as long as your book shows up as author for whoever listed it on the Kindle store or on Amazon, then you can create an author page. Mm. And the really cool thing, what happened to Stacy is she logged into Goodreads one time and because of the people who had bought um, her Kindle edition and also that she had an Amazon uh, author page, she logged in one day and they said, are you Stacey Sargent, author of Being Called Chaplain? And she was like, "Nice, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. And then she's official. Now she's official on Goodreads, too. Fancy. Mm-hmm. So, right. Okay, so if you have some way of identifying yourself as an author, like an author page on a in a network like Amazon. Right. But also, I think it depends on what your goals are of publishing. Because I've talked to some authors about this, and I have a hard time considering myself a published author, although I've been in compilations. I've, I've written articles uh, for, like, religious texts or, you know, magazines and those kinds of things. I've done lots of blogging for myself, but also for other organizations. But I still wouldn't call myself that because I know I want to write this book. And I know I'm supposed mm. to write this book, so I'm not going to consider myself published until I write this book. <laughs> Interesting. And I've talked to other people who have said the same thing. Well, if you're published, it's actually releasing it to an audience, right? We were talking about that with Mary Hudson. You've released that creative work for input from an outside source. Technically, that's publishing. But well, and so then there's a difference between being an author and being a published author, right? So, 
because if you're published, then your work is out there for public consumption. But I'm just looking at Merriam-Webster's definition of author, and it says one that originates or creates. That's interesting. Or the writer of a literary work. Huh. See, that's interesting because I would, the distinction I make is writers are people who write, period. Mm -hmm. Authors are people who write for public. But I guess Miriam and I would uh, disagree. Miriam and you would disagree, yeah, because this one, it says a person who has written something. (laughs) That's everybody who's written a letter or an email. So you're the author of a letter. Interesting. It's funny how, like, people, we just, we, like, set up rules that maybe are official and maybe are not official, but around different things like that. Well, and that's, and that's what I was trying to get at, is what are your internal um, qualifications that you have to check off before you considered yourself, consider yourself to be a published author? Not just you, but anybody well, so for me, it's when you can, like, when you can buy a copy of something I've written. Like, it's not just a, there for free. Uh-huh. So, like, because I, you know, I write on my blog all the time, but I don't consider myself an author for having a blog. But because you can buy a copy of my short story in a book, then I would consider myself a published author. Yeah, and I think this is, it's interesting when you see when you've walked with someone and you know that they're a writer, but they kind of change when they become an author. Yes. In the way that I use it, not in the way that Miriam uses it. <laughs> yes. And that transition is really hard for a lot of people. Not only, For exactly the same reason as what you were talking about, about this interaction with someone who gets to know you a little deeper. So if you're a writer, you can kind of write in your journal, you can write different things and, the people who are close to you know that, but if you're an author, that's opening yourself up to a completely di- uh, different audience, not only in the readership, but also an audience of, oh, do I introduce myself as an author? Well, what do you do? Well, I just read this book. I came from book <laughs> signing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So do you say that? Because most writers don't introduce themselves, hey, I'm a writer, unless you're a writer for something. Yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, at the conference that I just went to, I did um, introduce myself as, well, an editor first and then an author, I guess, because my primary identity at that conference was editor. So It's a fascinating journey, I think. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But if you do see yourself as an author, I think you start to do some things a little bit differently. I.e., you don't just use a blog that says .wordspress.com or .blogspot.com anymore. You see the potential of having your name .com or .net or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because that's what authors do. They have author websites. It's true. Yes, we do. <laughs> And then you might link to some interviews you have or different things like that. That's true, too. That's just something I was just thinking about today. <laughs> well, actually, since we had that conversation with Mary Hudson, because she hesitated from saying that she was a writer or an author. Uh-huh. 
And, you know, of course, for, well, number one, I'm going, okay, what defines that? Number two, I'm going, where have I failed as a parent and a <laughs> literacy coach? And where she's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. So they're going to, uh, I think they're going to be sick and tired of all the reading and writing we're doing the next time they come. <laughs> that I think, I do think that that's every, um reading teacher or writing teacher's worst nightmare is that they'll have a kid who doesn't like to read and write. It's true, but you, you, I mean, there's only so much influence you get to have. That's exactly so right. You have to let them be individuals, but it sounds like she kind of enjoyed her process. So yay. <laughs> well, and we gave her an audience to talk about that in a way yeah. that was pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Okay, what, are you, what else are you thinking about? Um, well, do we want to talk about what we're reading? Oh, Is it sure. too early to do that? Or? Hmm, I don't know. It's your show. I mean, we're just making it up <laughs> as we go, really, right? <laughs> um, so, like, so I'm still obviously reading Rising Strong. If you follow me on Twitter, at Writing Refinery, um, you can see the live tweeting that I do of reading the book because it's got so many great quotes in it that I just decided I would number those tweets and put them out there for people who might be thinking to themselves, should I read Rising Strong? I don't know. Now you can decide based on stuff that I'm putting out there for you. Um, but then I also just started reading uh, the newest book by Stephen Pressfield that's called Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit. Why that is and what you can do about it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I need that. No, it's really, it's really good. Um, And yeah, I'm like, I'm really enjoying reading it. So I recommend um, because he talks about, uh, he talks about it from the standpoint of, you know, understanding the reader like how much harder you have to work to be able to convince somebody that they should spend their precious minutes reading something that you've written. Why would, why would they do that? So, um, so yeah, I find, I found it really interesting, um, so far and he has a good sense of humor. I think the combination that you're doing right here is pretty awesome. (sighs) With Rising Strong, which is encouraging you to be risky, and then a good dose of what it sounds like as practicality. Yeah, definitely. Um, by the way, I'm forwarding it to you because he offered it as a free download. Um, so I'm forwarding you what I sent to my Kindle. Nice. And you should be able to download it as well. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. But so I don't know if it's still available on his website, but people could go to Stephen Pressfield's website and see if it's available there. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm getting lost in this Rising Strong and how the Kindle book is 13.99 and the hardcover <laughs> is 16.48. Yeah. And the Audible yeah. is 20.95. I'm honestly extremely lucky in that somebody like handed like gave me the book. It's the the same person that gave me Daring Greatly gave me this book and was like, You have to read this and I was like, Thank you. So 
lucky there too. And it, but it should be at the library if you can't afford the Kindle version of it. Or you could just read my tweets because I'm tweeting yeah, out like half the book anyways. So, well, I'm just wondering, like, who is pricing that? Obviously, a publisher who doesn't want to do that. Who doesn't want to sell ebooks? I mean, uh, Spiegel and Grau. That's who published her. Yeah, so strange. Mm-hmm. I just get. I mean, mm, mm, okay, that's it. That well, that's gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop. Nope. Right nope. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, let me transition. Oh my gosh, Thanks. have you seen this one by her? I thought it was just me, but it isn't making the journey from what will people think to I am enough. No, I haven't seen that. Is it new? No, 2007. Oh wow, so it was probably earlier. Yeah, it earlier was than Daring Greatly. Yeah, Who's wow. even heard of that one? That sounds good. <laughs> but it's inter- is that, who's her publisher? She had the same publisher all the way through. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm getting distracted. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, what are you reading? Right. So I'm I'm still reading the Mark Nepo book, uh, but I just picked up another one that's called that's um, you know Jan Martel who wrote The Life of Pi, and then I ran into yes. that Beatrice and. And Virgil book that I told you it was the book that I didn't see the end coming like completely threw me off with a character that I didn't like just blew me out of the water and so I saw uh-huh. I was at the library today and I saw his book called I don't have the name down yet hold on um, The High Mountains of Portugal mm-hmm. it's a novel and it just came out and so I picked that one up to have another novel Nice. Yeah. Because I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, and I'm just a little. <laughs> you know what? I have two, actually, um, recently, which is totally out of character for me. It's but very I think... out of character for you. I was going to mention that, but I didn't want to sound <laughs> insulting at all. Yeah, no, it's very out of character for me, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I just My reading list kind of goes with the flow, you know? Um, but, oh, this is a thing we can link to as well. Tor, um, Tor has just started a book club, um, Tor.com, for their uh, sci-fi fantasy group. Um, and they are, like, they are, like, giving a free book every month, a free download. That's so I'm, cool guessing that it's like new like debut authors or whatever um hey i'm not picky but i was really kind of excited about that i was actually (laughs) complaining to noah last night because i was like ah they have so many books to read why do i have so many books to read um because my to be read list is just so ridiculously ridiculously long um I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that tour.com book club into a link because I've got the link for it. Oh, thanks. No problem. Yeah, so you can find this and other good things over 
at thinking.fm, thinking out loud 118. So you can find our show notes there. We try to link what we've been talking about, but also some interesting reads as well. Right. If you haven't been re- reading nonfiction and you think you should, here, we'll provide you some nonfiction. <laughs> we've got some nonfiction for you. We've got some fiction for you. But so that's uh, actually what I was pointing out is that I've like just downloaded whatever their book of the month is this month, which is called uh, The Three-Body Problem. Um, that it And it looks like it's by a Chinese author, too. So I'm kind of excited. Wait, I think Sam has that one. Well, there you go, then. That happens to be the free download this month. Nice. Huh. I'm not so. surprised by that. Okay, now so here you go, Stephen Pressfield. A nice good Kindle price of seven ninety nine when the paper book is thirteen eighty six. Thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> good gracious. Some people. Books are an investment, Mariana. You have to be willing to spend money on them because the authors put so much time and effort into them. I agree. I agree. <laughs> However, Kindle agree. is a different. Oh, because what people are doing when they price the Kindle price so high is they're forcing people to buy the print book. And I just think that's yes. wrong. Just don't I... release an ebook. Just release in print if that's what you want. But everybody, nobody will do that. So you just outprice it. See, I'm already starting. You told, I told you. Don't, you started this again. I didn't. You <laughs> I did it. Oh. Uh, okay, so um, so you can join the tour book club. You can join our book exchange. We still have that going on, I think. Um, yeah. For anybody who's interested, join the Thinking Out Loud book exchange, and we will send you um, surprise books, um, something that we've enjoyed that we think you might enjoy as well. Um, and if you're looking to expand your comfort zone and read something that you might have never read before, um, we have varied tastes. Um, and other people that are on our list also have varied tastes. And so we can we can send you stuff, but you have to sign up first. Yes, you do. Yeah, we, we've so. got to get it going again. It got stuck. I think we, yep. we sent books to everybody who was on the initial sign up. And so now we need to do a second round. Yes, so we do. Wanna, if you want to be involved in the second round, just let us know. Let us know. Because we'll we have books and to spare. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we promise we're not going to just send you the books we would take to Goodwill. We'll no. Send, we'll send you the good ones. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So fun. Now I want to get reading that. I forgot. I kind of forgot that I got that at the library this morning. So now I'm like, ooh, I want to see it because I was reading... Um, the back of it i totally just picked it up off the shelf because i saw who it was nice and okay so the, and here's the other let me complete the thought so here, my other thing right now is reading books by authors who you know for one book so i'm really interested in this Brene brown book now to see how she developed as an author over the course of six years uh-huh before she got to rising strong what did she change or you know what happened because How did of what she grow as an author? Yes, because of what Elizabeth Gilbert talked about with her other books before she she's like, I just hit it lucky with Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. 
Because she was, but she was talking in particular of how do you write after you have an eat, pray, love. And I think this is, goes back to the discussion of Harper Lee too. And a lot of people saying, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed with Ghost at a Watchman. And my argument back is she never meant to publish that. That's right. why it wasn't published. You know, I'm sure the publishers came to her and said, don't you have another book? And she didn't want to. Her whole life, she didn't want to. And then right. right there at the end of her life, suddenly she did want to. Probably not. But Probably, probably not. Probably not. Probably she was coerced into it by people who thought it would make some money. And then she died. So we'll never know. But <laughs> But this idea of finding these books that authors aren't known for, well-known mm-hmm. authors, but the books that they aren't well-known for is something that's fascinating to me. And also seeing what authors are doing after like life of pie i mean big magic was i think it was advertised pretty well by elizabeth gilbert and i think it did pretty well Mm -hmm. um you know she was talking about how hard it was to write that next book yeah definitely and it doesn't matter if you're a best-selling author even if you know if you're a well-received author and you get good feedback you're gonna have these thoughts that go through your head too well they're not gonna like this next one (laughs) <laughs> or, oh, my gosh, I, you know, they, they liked my first one, but then they're going to be like, oh, she, I don't know what she was going through, but she shouldn't have written that second one, or he shouldn't have written that other one. Cause, right, yeah, because you, like, and you can give yourself writer's block that way, actually, because you yeah. freeze up performance anxiety. Exactly. So, you know, if you're writing your first book and you've published it and you're getting some really crappy feedback, you're probably on your way up. Like, write that next one, then. And if you've written your book and it's good and you're getting well-received, write your next book anyways. Exactly. Move on to the next thing. Just Because that's going. the point of being an author. It's not, it's not actually the part where you get well-received. It's the fact that you, you have something to say, so you write. That's you right. write, you write, you write. And you write to help people understand people better. You write, people, you write to help people understand horrific events better you write to help people understand love better and you write to help people understand the world better that's why we're doing what we're doing yep yep which sometimes is banging our head against the wall (laughs) sometimes just get back up and go go back to your computer go back to your journal whatever you're doing and if you need some encouragement in that along that vein you can always talk to us yeah come find us because we'll tell you about all the times we've banged our heads against the wall and then promptly sat back down and kept writing. Yep. So if they want to talk to you, where would they find you? They can find me on the web at writingrefinery.com. You can also find me um, at elizabethkaufman.com, um, my author website, where if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll find out when my book shall be released, which you'll find out as soon as I know. <laughs> Um, still working on that. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Goodreads at Writing Refinery, um, or at author Elizabeth Kaufman. Um, and come talk to me about stuff, um, or ask me questions, or if you need somebody to edit for you, I'm totally like excited and happy to do that. I am still accepting, um, new clients at this time. So, um, hit me up, ask me questions. Yeah. Let's make something. If you want to talk about publishing, head over to harrelsonpress.com, Harrelson Press on Facebook, and at Harrelson Press on Twitter. You can also find me 
over at Mariana.net. And Harrelson Press is undergoing a huge website overhaul, so we're really excited about that. So stay tuned. We'll let you know. It should be easier to order books. It should be easier and um, cleaner to do that checkout process, so we're really excited. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to go write some flaws into my characters. What about you? All right. Well, I'm going to go build my character by playing bad tennis. There you go. <laughs> build your own personal character. Exactly. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.